a brother will fight with you to the very end. And children of Yah, the goal is to have such brother and to have such sister who will stick it out with you no matter what comes your way. My name is Shaq. I hope you guys are wrapping up what for me personally was an amazing week. You know, we've had a lot of exciting new beginnings within the ministry, within my personal life. And some of my friends are experiencing some new beginnings too, amen. But I hope it's the same for you. But if not, you know, we're well on our way. We're all well on our way. You know, the rising tide will raise all ships. None of us are going to be left behind and God will continue to exalt us so far as we continue to do his will. Amen. But today I bring you the topic of my friends. Are they with me or against me? And I'm going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and John chapter 15, verses 12 to 15. But before I begin. I want to bow my head and let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, in your mighty and holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I plead the blood of Jesus over this episode, this podcast, this topic that you've placed in my heart. I repent, Father God. I ask that you forgive us of our sins. Forgive me of my sins and allow your power to flow through me. I am your vessels. This temple is yours. Let your will be done through us and let this word penetrate the minds and hearts of whomever it needs to penetrate. Allow yourself to be made manifest through this message, Father God. Give me the words I need to speak with the vision I need to see. Allow my mind and my heart to align with your will, Father God. In Jesus name, I pray and all these things. Amen. So going into it. First Corinthians chapter 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Jump into John chapter 15, verses 12 to 15. Jesus says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do. Whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master's doing, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus once again over this microphone, over the ears of my listeners, over my mind, heart, and my spirit. I plead the blood of Jesus over all, Father God. Give me the words I need to speak. Give me the wisdom I need to impart on your people, Father God. Allow your power to flow through me that it could be made manifest for others to receive, Father God. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. And so going into it, my friends, are they with me or against me? 
Um, the other day, my sister in Christ, she asked me, she said, Shaq, how do we deal with the friends? How can we bring them in Christ? And unless you have friends that are very spiritual aware, children of y'all, most of us have the story of the friends trying to discourage us from walking with the Lord. Amen. Let's go hit up the spot tonight. Hey, girl, we getting turned up tonight. Bro, I'm trying to smoke tonight. Where you at? You about to be crossfaded. You coming through tonight, bro? You know, all of our friends, you know, they try to pull us back into the world, into Satan's devices so that we never walk in our priesthood and we never fulfill the will of God. Oh, you a Jesus follower now? Ha! Yeah, okay. Let's see how long that lasts. You love the women and liquor too much. Stop playing. Hey, Bible guy, are you holier than thou yet? Come on, bro. You mad fake. Everybody know you really ain't about that life. Stop playing. Get out of here. It's always the friends that manage to pull you back into the fray. Stop me if you've heard all of these things, children of y'all. Stop me. But these are some of the things I've heard. I've never really been much of a party person, but people come to me with stories about their friends doing this, that, and the third. And most of the time, my Christian friends, my true believers, they always fold. They always fall right into the trap. They go smoke, they drink, and then there's that thought in the back of their minds that says, well, it's just one time. I can sin, you know, I could sin and I could pray for forgiveness later. It's just one time. God's going to forgive me anyways. He knew I was going to do it. That's exactly the kind of snare the devil wants you to think because one sin turns into 10, 10 turns into 50, 50 turns into 100, 100 turns into 1,000. And before you know it, you fell off. And so it's always the friends that manage to pull you back into the fray. Or sometimes the friends might even become a snare to you as the devil uses them to keep you in bondage. You know what I'm saying? They remind you of your past. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a perverse man sows strife and a whisperer separates the best of friends. The devil whispers in your ear through your friends. Hey, yo, you remember that one night you were off the chain? They had to carry you out of the club. Yo, you remember all the girls you came home with that night? Yo, that was crazy. Matthew 13, 57. So they were offended at Jesus, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And what exactly does that mean, children of Yah? Well, what that basically means is your friends will have a tendency to know how you really are. And so when you receive the living water that is Christ Jesus and new life, they're not going to believe you. That's just the way that it is. 
You know, when I first, you know, accepted Christ and I started to get really, really deep and heavy in the scriptures 10 years ago, my mother didn't believe me. She didn't believe that I was going through a a change, that I was going through a rebirth, that I was being born again. And children of Yah, Jesus went through the same thing. His ministry offended others early on, and he was not well received. And some of you, your friends are just going to, uh, uh, they're going to reject you early on. Second Timothy four sixteen, Paul went through the same thing. At my first defense, he says, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May it not be charged against them. And children of Yah, I'm going to get real deep and dark. Some of you are going to have the most disgusting things done to you by your friends. You know, I've had some nasty things happen to me, like some of my some of my best friends from years back. You know, they said some things about my walk and I was not very appreciative of it. They said some things and I I, I was just like, how dare you? I stood by you all this time and I was there for you when everyone else refused to be there. And this is how you repay me? Are you serious? How many people have gone through this? How many people you have a friend that you're constantly there for? But when it but when you make a choice to pursue something better, they have something to say about it. And like I said, children, yeah, I've had some people who were very near and dear to my heart that I gave a hundred and eighty percent to help them. Why? Because I just wanted to see them rise up and win. I wanted to see them receive the blessing. I wanted to see them get their stripes. But apparently they had a different agenda. And for some of you, this is the case, unfortunately. Some of you are having your friends do you dirty as I speak. Either at the time of this recording or at the time of you listening. Some of you are having your friends do you dirty right now. It's like you made the decision to accept Christ in your heart. And what happened next? Your best friend sleeps with your man or woman, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Your best friend or your number of friends making comments about you in social settings, or they slander your name in social media in the spirit of envy and jealousy, or maybe, children of Yah, they steal and destroy your things and try to embarrass you at every opportunity you get. They get. And children of Yah, I want to say something too. This doesn't apply to friends, only friends. This applies to family as well. You know, some of us, We have family members that do us dirty. We have family members that try to cut us at every opportunity they get. Why? I'm about to get into that. And so some of your friends, children of y'all, they hate you with a passion. Why? Because you accepted Christ. What exactly do I mean by that? 
When you make a decision to accept Christ, children of Yah, whether you're aware of it or not, your choice to do so forces others to examine their, in their own hearts and in their own minds, their own choices, and it takes away their excuses in life and they will hate you for it because you force them to do so. So many of my friends are telling me the story about how they're getting so much flack from their family and their friends. Oh, now all of a sudden you, you a Jesus freak and now you're going to do this, you're going to do that. Well, what about me? Children of y'all, it happens. And how many people understand that the closer you get to Christ, the more nasty these so-called friends and family get? I'm constantly inundated with stories about the betrayal of friends and family to some of the most pure-hearted brothers and sisters in Christ. It's absolutely disgusting. But sadly, children of Yah, it's to be expected. Some of you are thinking that all of these situations that I'm listing, they all sound extremely far-fetched and hard to imagine. But listen, listen, it's always the rejects that God chooses to carry out his will. Remember that, children of Yah. Remember that it's always the rejects, the throwaways, the ones who were never allowed to sit at the cool table. So they had to sit in the corner somewhere. The ones who were never allowed to play with the other students in school. The ones who were always turned down for opportunities. One time in college, I went to go hang out uh, with some boys because I was seeing this girl at the time, you know, I went in, they were, I went in the dorm room and they were playing video games. And one of the guys met me at the door. He walked me back out of the door and then closed the door in my face. And I got played in front of maybe like 10 or 20 people. The girl included. Children of Yah, this kind of stuff happens to believers. You know, I've never experienced that in my entire life. And it was one of my most embarrassing moments I've ever had. And if you're going to be bold and sold for Christ, you will experience this one way or another, children of Yah. You will experience this. It is an absolute certainty. John 15, verses 18 through 21, Jesus says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. Children of Yah, 
It also says in Jeremiah chapter one, before I even formed you, before you were even formed in the womb, I knew you. I sanctified you and I ordained you to a prophet of the nations. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. And before we were all even formed in the womb, God knew us and he chose us before we were even formed. And because he chose us, this plan of all these life events that we've had of everybody rejecting us, and we don't really understand why, we just think it's because we're ugly, we're stupid, we're this, that, and the third. It's because he chose us. And this is his will. Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. No one is tax exempt. No true believer is tax exempt from persecution. They will go through this one way or another. And if they try their hardest to fit in and not face the persecution, they're going to constantly feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to tell them, you know, you're not supposed to be doing this, right? You know, you're not supposed to be hanging out with these people, right? You know, you're not supposed to be at this place, right? And then you go along with it because you fear that persecution. But children of Yah, this is why your whole life needs to be a testimony of change. And your friends, they need to know how serious you are. And in most cases, unfortunately, sorry to say this, it means cutting ties entirely. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Second Corinthians 6, 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has like light with darkness. And so looking at the flip side of the coin, children of Yah, there are cases where there is a chance that your friends can join you in the pursuit of Christ. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 12, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. And if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Through one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Children of Yah, transparency time. I was alone for most of my life. I just met a very nice lady. I believe that she's going to be one of the greatest evangelists to ever walk the earth. She told me yesterday, I don't have any friends. I'm completely alone. But the spirit revealed to me the kind of heart that she had. And children of Yah, it is not God's will for any of us to be alone. Why? Because the devil attacks us in isolation. 
when we're isolated, it makes it that much harder for the spirit to manifest. Jesus said, when two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Jesus always sent out the disciples in twos. He always sent them out in pairs. Why? So they could keep each other accountable and they can back each other up when it gets hairy. In the brotherhood, children of Yah, or the sisterhood, children of Yah, we have to learn. We are a family. How many people understand that when you meet a friend and they're a true believer in Christ, they are not just your friend, but they are your family. They are your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ, your mother in Christ, your uncle in Christ. A family in New York City is a is a family in Los Angeles. A family member in Chicago is a family member in Ukraine. In Africa. In Budapest, wherever. We are all part of one body of Christ. And children of Yah, with that being said, if you have friends who are encouraging and uplifting, then the likelihood of them joining you in your walk is very high. Whether they do it immediately or down the road. But otherwise, you know, as discouraging as it is to say this, you have a bunch of basket cases in your hands. Worst case scenario. To which the word of God says not to be unequally yoked with such people. And so understand, we can pray for them from afar, but we can't fellowship with them. I'm going to give you an example. So I have a friend, a believer for all intents and purposes. I'll name her Kelly, who has another friend whom I'll also name Katie. And Katie struggles with, well, Kelly struggles with the faith. I'm sorry, not Kelly. Katie, Katie struggles with the faith and doesn't truly believe. And not only that, Katie struggles with the demonic oppression and lashes out at anyone who challenges her to renounce the ties in Jesus name. This is Kelly's friend. And Kelly tells me that she feels compelled to stay with Katie in an effort to raise her up. And one day, Kelly tells me the story about how Katie's demonic affliction got the best of Kelly. And Kelly got so ornery for the next three days or so and decided to cut Katie off. And so she couldn't handle it any longer. Now, why do you think? That was because Kelly violated the law of being unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Remember what I said in the beginning, children of Yah, from 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And no matter how strong you think you are, no matter how much you never give up, the law says what it says for a reason. Ephesians 5.11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Children of Yah, 
Please understand, our whole game is exposing the darkness. Our whole game is being the snitches of Christ. Our whole game is pulling, uprooting the devil, uprooting the bad fruit and destroying it. And so if you have a friend who's struggling with a demonic affliction and you're afraid to say something, please understand you're going to be held accountable in your day of judgment should you choose to keep it in the dark. You're going to be held accountable for them because that was a brother in Christ in need. And you didn't protect them. You did not stand in for them. Jesus said, surely I say to you, whatever you did in the least of my brethren, you did for me. Christ abides in every single one of us. And if we do not tend to our brother or sister in Christ, we will be held accountable. And so going back, when you accept friends who do not truly love the Lord, you give the devil legal access to your soul in the spirit of rebellion. And then it becomes an abomination to the Lord. Second John chapter one, verses nine to 11 says, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the father and the son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. So if you have a friend that you care about, but they will not accept the gospel of Christ, children, I'm going to encourage you. Pray for them from afar, but limit your time with them as much as possible. Yes, sure, they're going to get jealous. Yes, sure, they're going to feel some type of way. But you have to explain that your life is going in a different direction. And with that, children of Yah, understand that with the pursuit of God brings new friends. Friends who are ready, friends who are willing to help keep you accountable. Friends who are willing to stand beside you and fight with you and even fight for you. You know, when you're feeling depressed or spiritually attacked and you don't understand why, your friends, the strong ones, they intercede on your behalf and they form a circle around you and they pray and cast the demons out. And as soon as something happens to you, they go to war on your behalf and they pull you out of the fire and into the light again. How many people, how many of us need these kinds of friends? How many of us, all our lives, we wanted friends who were willing to fight for us? And some of us were very fortunate enough. This is truth time. Some of us were very fortunate enough to have friends like these, but we chased them away because we weren't prepared to have them. We wanted people who were willing to fight for us, but we weren't willing to fight for ourselves. Ooh. The Holy Spirit put that one in my heart. But this is the truth. But anyway, how many of us 
ever wanted friends like that? How many of us need friends like that? My whole life, I wanted friends like that. But children of Yah, here's the catch. You be that friend. Because like attracts like, children of Yah. When your whole life is a testimony of change, you will attract like-minded people. This is a well-known fact. Ever since I started my ministry, and ever since, you know, God gave me the authority to perform signs and wonders in the spirit, I started to attract a number of people around me who are just some of the most amazing people I've ever met. And children of Yah, these are the kinds of friends that you should have around you. And if possible, I want to be that one friend that you can go to that will intercede on your behalf. Don't be afraid to reach out to me privately. There are times when I may not answer you right away, but it's because, you know, I'm caught up with work. But I will always get back to you as long as you make yourself known. And so as you prepare your vessel, you will attract, you know, such like-minded and kindred spirits. Proverbs 18, 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We all want those tight friendships. You know, I've, you know, I've had several best friends throughout my childhood. You know, I miss those friendships. But I wanted to go one way. They wanted to go another. Eventually, with all of my friends who were once my best friend, we ended up clashing heads. Or they said something to me that I didn't like. And Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, you know. So what they said out of their mouth was indicative of what was in their heart. And I saw it and I made a conscious decision to terminate the friendship. And children of Yah, you're going to be some of you are going to come to a crossroads regarding that. Some of you are going to come to a crossroads and say, well, maybe it's time I need to cut ties with this person because they're doing more harm than good. They're going towards a path that I can't pull them out of. Or they're going towards a path that's affecting my walk. And I need to make a conscious decision to separate from this person. And so we make these decisions. And here's the thing. Remember, I said that it's not God's will for you to be alone. Well, the minute you do and perform God's will more people are going to step forward and want to be near you. They have a desire to connect with you. They have a desire to gain another family member in Christ. They have a desire to expand the family tree. It literally feels like a family when you're a true believer of Christ. It literally feels like a very, very close, tight-knit family Whenever I see someone cast out demons, whenever I see someone pray in the spirit, whenever I see someone fight in the spirit, whenever I see someone 
allow the spirit to come upon them. I get so happy for them. Like, yes, this is what, yes, I want this for you. Like I get so happy for them. And I feel that relation. And it's absolutely incredible. You know, the true anointed people who have the spirit within them, they can see the spirit in, in others and they can see the lack of the spirit in others, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, but it all works out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, because the Holy Spirit gives us that discernment to see what are what is in the minds and hearts of men. The Holy Spirit is indeed a revealing spirit. And so going off of Job as an example, Job had friends who did not understand his faith to the Lord. And then whenever they tried to deter him and convince him that his tribulation was because he did something wrong in the eyes of the Lord, this is what they tried to convince him of. And paradoxically, the Lord rebuked them for trying to discourage Job. You know, if Job had friends who encouraged the opposite, it's likely that they would have been as equally as blessed as he was. And with that brings the next point, children of Yah, money. Some people are your friends because of what you have, your material possessions, your gold. They don't love you. They just love your money. Proverbs 19.14 says, wealth makes friends, but the poor is separated from his friend. And so they smile through their teeth at you. And they always try to be fake and phony, trying to get the next free load. You may not even be the most richest person in the world, but you can sense that these people, they're trying to get, they're trying to extract something from you. Like, what does this person want? Why are they so buddy buddy with me all of a sudden? Before they didn't like me that much. Now all of a sudden they want to hang around. Like, what, what's, what's going on, bro? What's up with you? And here's the thing, children of y'all. Everybody's nice when money's involved. Everybody's a buddy when money's involved. The I knew him when people, they all start coming out of the woodwork. Children of y'all, these people are not your friends. These people are lovers of money. And understand that if they do not have the love of the father in them, it's a deceiving spirit. First Timothy 610 for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some has strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And children of y'all transparency time. Most of my life, I've been surrounded by people who never cared about anything other than money. And that greed caused me a lot of pain. And if you're around such people, it will cause you a lot of pain. And now, you know, whenever I sense that kind of energy, I'm just like, man, miss me with that. 
and I send them packing. Because it's an energy that's tainted with sin and death. And when I see such people, I see nothing but bones spiritually. They're spiritually dead. And the sad part is they deny it, but don't understand why they're so hooked onto their lust for money. A lot of the spiritually dead cannot discern the things of the spirit. So when you tell them these things, they just think you're coming at them all kinds of crazy. Like, yo, what are you talking about? I'm fine. They don't understand. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Listen, we kill and we die for family. You know, family always goes through tough times together. A friend is going to love you from the distance. But a brother, you know, he'll go to the mat for you. A brother will fight with you to the very end. And children of Yah, the goal is to have such brother and to have such sister who will stick it out with you no matter what comes your way. And mostly everything that comes your way is spiritual. You say, well, it's a money problem. It's a health problem. Listen, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. There's a stronghold that needs to be slayed in the spirit. And maybe your brother or sister in Christ can see things that you can't see. They have perspectives that you don't have. And they're willing to lock hands with you and go to war so you can get the keys to your freedom. Jesus says he gave Peter the keys to heaven. When Jesus was resurrected from the tomb, he got the keys to Hades and hell. In the spiritual realm, there's all this talk about keys. If any of you have ever played a video game like Zelda, there's always some boss to defeat. And every time you defeat the boss, you always get a new item, a new weapon, a new sword, a new unlockable, a new this, a new that. It's all to help you hit that next level. And children of Yah, maybe that brother or sister in Christ will help you find the keys. They'll help you fight to get the keys. This is some deep and heavy stuff. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is some deep and heavy stuff. Like I've always desired these friendships. You know, it's okay if friends don't necessarily have the resources to give and support to each other now and then. But for me personally, I just need to know that you're there. I just need to know that I can call you and depend upon you whenever I need. And before my ministry, it was all the time. Now that I'm in my ministry, it's maybe once or twice a month, if that. But the bottom line is, I want you to always be there 
for when I need the help. And these days, when I need the help, it's something very, very serious. And children of Yah, we need to not believe everyone who comes across our face and says, oh, I want to be your friend. First John 4, 1 says, brethren, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. You got to test these people front to back, soup to nuts. You got to test them. Otherwise, without that discernment, you do run the risk of them deceiving you. And so the goal is to have a brother or sister in Christ who's willing to lock hands with you. And you don't want someone who's always going to take away from what you do or what the Lord has given you. You don't want someone like that. I have a lot of friends who are experiencing some crazy success that other people are not happy about. Many, many people are not happy about it. They're caught up in the spirit of covetousness. They're caught up in the spirit of envy. They're caught up in the spirit of bitterness, division, discord. Because these people are stuck. They themselves have not found the keys to freedom. They say they're lovers of Christ. They say they're doers of Christ. But when you test their spirits, their holiness is full of holes. And they're actually demons transformed into angels of light in disguise. I'm speaking on the spiritual perspective. I'm not literally saying a human transforms into an angel. I hope you guys have deciphered that. But you don't want someone who's always going to take away from you and what you do and what the Lord has given you. These people, children of Yah, they will suck the life out of you and they'll break your spirit. Proverbs 17, 22, a married heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And the deeper and higher you go with Christ, children of Yah, the more you'll see the death that surrounds you. You'll be surprised at how many people around you are spiritually dead. You'll be surprised at how many people around you are wicked. They have that spirit of Cain in their heart and they have a hatred for one another. It's like crabs in a bucket. They're all trying to climb on top of each other just to get out of the bucket, just to get to the top. And they have a hatred and a secret passion to destroy one another, to commit murder in their hearts toward one another. If you have that desire to commit it in your heart, you better be careful. You better be careful with what comes out of your mind. Because this is where the evil of the world gets manifested. Book of Proverbs says, guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows the issues of life. You got to guard your hearts, children of Yah. You got to guard your hearts from that wickedness, from that death. 
The word of God said, for the wages of sin is death. You got to accept the great commission. And as for the ones that accept Christ along with you, that friendship, let me just tell you, that friendship is going to be so easy to maintain. Wouldn't even be worried about it. Why? Because all of you, you're going to keep each other accountable in Christ. And it's going to be a lot easier for the spirit to manifest between you. Matthew 18, 20, Jesus said, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And so all of you, you're going to go hard in the Bible and you're all going to feed off of the gifts and the discernment that the Holy Spirit gives, gives you individually so that as a whole, you can advance the kingdom and you can fulfill God's will. And that can only mean more fruit for all and that you can bear more fruit. This is the most positive benefit of a good friendship. And for those that didn't accept the gospel yet, but they're open, I encourage you to keep sowing and watering the seed. Eventually, it's going to blossom. And when you have days where you get impatient or you get discouraged, please understand that no matter, you know, how long it takes, no harvest grows right away. It's a process. For me, it took 10 years. I would compare my growth to like a Chinese bamboo tree. You water it for the first three years and nothing happens. And then all of a sudden in 90 days, it grows up to 50, 100 feet tall. You know, for nine years, there was certain there was certain information for some reason I wasn't privy to yet in spirit. But year number 10, it all just clicked. And then I just took off. And so it's a process. I'm not there yet. I'm not where I want to be yet. None of us are. But it's a process. First Corinthians 3, 1, 3. And I, brethren, cannot speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? And so some of what I'm saying I put that verse in there because some of what I'm saying for some of you, it's going to fly right over your heads and that's fine. Just focus on receiving the spirit. I understand it's a process. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes you get discouraged from reading your word. But this is all a test. God says, I search the mind and I test the hearts and I judge each person according to their works. This is all a test. You have to truly align your mind and your heart to God, and you have to surrender whatever part of the flesh it is that you want to hold on to. Because that's the key to everything. If you're ready and willing to truly turn towards a new life, a new creation, 
and being born again. Can you imagine that? You know, you look at your old life and it's nothing but pain and suffering. And then Christ shows you the light and then you step into it and it's someone not even recognizable. And then you look back on the person you once were. And it's like, wow, this was here all this time. And I just kept pushing it away. That's the kind of choice that Christ wants us to make. We have to kill that flesh. We have to increase the Jesus in us so that we decrease the flesh outside of us. And so some of you, I got to give you the baby milk. I can't give you the solid food yet, and I'm doing my best. You know, hopefully, I hope you picked up something. But don't allow your mind to limit the process by thinking, A, it either needs to be rushed or B, it needs to take as long as possible for all eternity. You know, allow the Holy Spirit to work where it wills. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 to 8, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And so understand, understand, children of Yah, our only job is to plant, 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 plant and water, plant and water, plant and water. Obviously, when you plant a seed, you don't stop there. If you have it in your heart to plant, you have it in your heart to nurture. And if you have it in your heart to nurture, you have it in your heart to watch God do the rest. It's all part of the faithfulness. It's all part of growing a plentiful harvest. Farmers work hard and diligently every single day to harvest thousands of crops. They work extremely hard. I used to date someone, her father ran, ran and owned a farm. It was a lot of work up from four or five in the morning to eight, nine o'clock at night. You know, my heart goes out to some of you who want to run farms and own farms. It's beautiful, but it's a lot of work. And so with that being said, children of y'all, like I said, our job is only to plant and water. That's the whole ministry. That's the Great Commission. Allow your own self to be planted. Allow your own self to be watered and allow your own self for God to grow you and elevate you and exalt you because you were a great student, because you were a great disciple. And those of you who have prideful friends who indulge in those philosophical and carnal opinions, understand, children of Yah that they need to humble themselves or else they're going to become 
entrapped in a snare. And if they don't handle it soon enough and you don't exercise spiritual discernment regarding it, you too will become entangled. This is a fact. First Corinthians three eighteen to 20. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. There's a lot of people, children of Yah, saying stupid stuff. You know, they think they're intelligent. They think they're smart. They think they're witty. Oh, I've studied this, that, and the third. But they don't know. You know, no one knows. The mystery of the Godhead is way too big for the human mind to comprehend. I would be lying to you if I said I understood everything. Even the word of God says, if there's any one of you who says he doesn't, what, what, what's, what's, what's the scripture? Something that says, if there's any one of you who is without sin, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. There we go. And so none of us, First Timothy chapter 3 says, great is the mystery of godliness. None of us have God completely figured out. And you know something too, with that being said to others, I might seem opinionated, but the truth is I stand on the truth that I have prayed and meditated on and I cannot flex on that truth in any way, shape or form. This is the word of God. In the Old Testament, if a prophet gave a word that God did not give him, his punishment was death. And I take it very, very seriously that I give you guys the right information. I pray extensively. I study extensively. Galatians 1.10. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. And so to those who think I'm opinionated, you know, I don't really care that they think I'm opinionated. As long as I'm doing God's will, that's all that matters to me. And I encourage each and every one of you to be the same way, because here's the thing. Your faith with your friends will be tested and thrown in the fire. Are you going to burn with shame or are you going to burn in holiness to the most high God? Are you going to be blankety blank sinner casted in the lake of fire? Or are you going to be Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? The king seeing a fourth in the fire. Hebrews 12, 29 says, for our God is a consuming fire. Are you going to allow the holiness of the most high to consume you? Or are you going to allow the sin and condemnation of the devil to consume you? But either way, children of Yah, it all starts with you. Your friends need to see you as the example of the love of the father in you. You want it to look like only God could have changed you and blessed you. 
And that's what pulls the friends into receiving the Great Commission, no matter where they are in their lives and in their walks. The blood of Jesus, children of Yah, understand it works for everyone and it is unlimited. Even if that nasty person was you, you might have betrayed everyone you knew. You might have lied, stolen, or for some even killed them. I know that word was for someone. But you might have done all of that. But here's the thing. The good news is that the blood works even for you. Even for you, the blood works, children of Yah. And so stop caring about what your friends think. We cannot please God if we depend on the flesh of others for fulfillment. What does Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 say? Thus says the Lord, curses the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out by its roots by the river and will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. When you trust in the Lord, children of God, your fruit is always going to produce. Your works are always going to produce more fruit, more works of the kingdom. And so let each and every one of your friends examine themselves if their heart and mind is ready to receive the Godhead of Jesus Christ. Jumping forward to Jeremiah 17, 10. I search, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. God will let your friends have a grace period for a certain amount of time until it's time to get serious. And maybe your friends will see the spirit in your eyes and know that it's time to lay down the crown and take up the cross. But whatever you do, children of Yah, allow God to go first and allow yourself to be filled with the spirit at all times. And do not move a muscle until God tells you to. Otherwise, if you make a move without God's covering, you're going to get picked apart. And understand that Jesus gave the order to go and make disciples of all nations. But understand, not everyone will receive the gospel. Not everyone will receive the call of discipleship. And that might mean, children of Yah, like I said earlier, to close up shop. You can't force people to do and obey the will of God. You can only plant the seed. That's it. And so in closing, do the work of an evangelist. Plant the seed in their hearts. And then walk away. And let God fight their battles. That's it. You give others a heart of love and a life of service. That's it. Jesus said, whoever desires to make themselves first, they shall be last of all and servant of all. 
Lead from behind, children of Yah. Understand that most of us, our friends are not going to be where we are. Whether they're above us <clears throat> in, in their faith or steps ahead of us in their faith, or whether we're steps ahead of them and ours. Understand the commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so love covers a multitude of sins. The word of God says out of faith, hope and love, love is the greatest of these. And whatever you do, you do in love. I don't care how impatient you get. I don't care what the drama or the beef is. If you have some beef with your friends, unbeef it. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So if you have beef with your friends, unbeef it. Unbeef it and be the peacemaker. And if you've gained them back, then you've gained a brother in Christ. This is what the Bible says. Look for every single opportunity to make peace. And unfortunately, a lot of us, we're going to be friends with people who refuse to make peace. We're going to be friends with people who love to wallow in misery. We're going to be friends with people they want to hold grudges. And children of Yah, if you hold a grudge against someone, you're going to be held accountable for that grudge in the day of judgment. Because if you can't forgive others, your heavenly father will not forgive you. And the same goes for their friends, for your friends. And so do the work of an evangelist. Work on yourselves. You be that one person that everyone can go to. You be that one person that's willing to fight for them. That's willing to fight to save their soul. Because the word of God says, be vigilant. For the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil has an agenda to consume as many as possible, children of Yah. And so when you see someone and they see you willing to fight for them, they're going to love you. And here's another thing. Most of the people in my walk, I don't know them personally too well, but in the spirit, I know who they are. I know their anointing. The Holy Spirit shows me something about that person. And I say, this person is one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. They have a calling to be a great this, a great that. And the Holy Spirit shows me things about their lives. And the Holy Spirit puts them in my life, in my path for a reason. And I take it upon myself to grow the most amount of fruit I can out of that friendship. I love it when I make and meet new people, make new friends in Christ. I don't like seeing people suffer and I don't want to see you suffer. And if you're suffering, please reach out to me to let me know. And I will minister to you. I'll not only minister to you, I'll stay with you until you can sleep at night. 
If you ask anyone who knows me personally, they'll tell you that I've done that on many occasions. And so children of y'all, with that being said, I'm signing off. Do the work of an evangelist. Be a good friend. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Guys, have a great day. Go sow in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. If you have any business inquiries, you can hit me up at yahwirise at gmail.com or you can find me with Yahweh Rise Podcast on Facebook. My name is Siobhan Woody. Guys, let's do it. Let's be the best for God.